What's up, everyone? We are back with another five at five, five takes, five minutes or less per segment here on different markets in the sports card industry. First segment here today, Nate and I are on the same one for basketball because why not? I mean, last night was huge, wasn't it, Nate? Last night was probably one of the most thrilling games I've ever, most satisfying games I've ever watched as a Bucks fan. Uh, we've been Bucks fans our entire lives. Most of the time, it's pretty terrible. Eighth seeds getting stomped by the Cavs in the first round. You know, Brandon Jennings and Andrew Bogut have some hope. Bogut breaks his arm on a terrible fall dislocates his shoulder, whole bad thing. And there goes our hope for another, like, you know, 10 years. And then we won the championship last year. It was awesome. But then you want to you want to go back to back. You want to well, go back do. to back. And you knew that the Celtics were going to be our toughest test. The best defense in the regular season, not the best defense in the postseason. That belongs to the Bucks, but the best defense in the regular season. And you get into that fourth quarter and you're down like 12 points. And doesn't seem very. It doesn't seem very uh, optimistic. I wasn't optimistic. I'll I'll say that much. I personally was not optimistic with our how our offense was performing, especially without Chris Middleton, and with how good the Celtics defense was. And then somehow, some way, through some miracle, we started making threes. They started missing. Giannis hit a three. Drew Holiday shot thirty nine percent yesterday from the field, but he hit a three. Giannis made a free throw. Bobby Portis missed a wide open dunk but then managed to get the rebound off of Giannis's second free throw and make a, a shot from like two feet that went in and out and in and out and down. Just Amazing. crazy, but it all led. It all led to quite possibly, and this is including Giannis's block on DeAndre Ayton, quite possibly the most impressive defensive play I've ever seen. Giannis's block on DeAndre Ayton was amazing, bro. Like last night was super important, obviously, but... And I get it. Uh, Drew Holiday pretty much just saved the Buck season right there. So, well, I agree. it was it was really it was the the block followed by not letting it go out of bounds, followed by getting it and hitting it off of Marcus Smart before he fell out of bounds. Just incredible. True. But we got to keep moving. I agree with that. I agree with that. Obviously, there's got to be some cards selling on eBay of Drew Holiday after this game. I mean, how could there not? He has had two of the best defensive plays uh, that have ever happened, actually. That's 25 seconds. I don't know if that's actually ever happened to block and steal in the last 25 seconds of a game. Uh, $37.50 on Drew Holiday contenders on card rookie ticket auto. We actually snagged an SGC 910 of this in last week's PWCC uh, FlipQuest episode. And uh, there is a steal I just referenced. Marcus Smart, uh, absolute fraud. I cannot stand watching that guy play. I cannot stand watching him flop. I is just and when he hits a three, man, there's no worse feeling than Marcus Smart hitting Ugh. a three. It's Ugh. literally one of the Truly. worst. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. And uh, we got two sales here within the last day or whatever. You know, yesterday and today, 125 on a PSA nine holiday rookie of 9.99. The tops chrome base, and then a PSA nine. Uh, well, that's over 125 sold today for 160. And uh, yeah, pretty exciting to see Drew Holiday card selling. You know, he's really good. A lot of people know that, but not necessarily a huge market. And uh, left the, you know, Celtics a little depressed last night, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, a little. Happy. 
No doubt about it. And uh, man, what do we see the rest of the series from these two, Giannis and Drew? I think they're coming home and they're closing it out. Giannis is too good. He put up 40 points last night. They were not easy points. There was no easy dump-offs for the most part. He was putting up tough points. He's bleeding from his eye. I think with the experience they have, they're coming in here. They're closing it out. I think Marcus Smart's going to be a little bit of a shell of himself. Instead of playing angry, I think he's going to be dejected. I agree. Bucks and six, baby. Bucks and six. Hey, guys. Nate here with your baseball five at five. And on the PWCC live stream this past Sunday, Aaron asked me a question about this card that you're seeing on the screen right now. This Eloy Jimenez 2019 tops black number to 67 BGS 95. He said, you know, is it worth buying Eloy? How do you feel about Eloy? Yada, yada, yada. And I said, well, I don't know. I used to be huge on guys like Eloy, Jordan Alvarez, those guys. I say, buy the bat. Everything else will figure itself out. And as we've gone on, I still am a believer in that for myself. But realizing what other people are thinking, I don't think I'm a believer in it for an investment standpoint. Because at some point, even if you think it, you have to get other people to also think the same way you do. And it just doesn't seem like it's happening. If you are a guy that is a bat-first dude with no defense... It doesn't seem like it's going to happen for them anytime soon. People just don't care. They just don't care. They want guys that play defensive positions and hit. And the defensive position could be like a third base, like a Vlad Guerrero Jr., and then move over to first base. Well, Vlad still hits, but he's cheaper than the other guys that play like shortstop, Fernando Tatis, um, outfield like Juan Soto. He's cheaper than those guys despite being every bit as good with the bat. And so that brings us back to that Eloy. Obviously, this sold for $408, a relatively cheap price considering the amount of talent Eloy has. And so that got me thinking about some other guys. Jordan Alvarez, Pete Alonso. You can see here a Topps Chrome Sapia PSA 10 sold for $55 on May 10th. Likewise, if you don't even want to look at rookies and want to look, go back to Bowman Chrome Autos, Pete Alonso. Base auto from Bowman Chrome 2016, PSA 10, sold for $485 on the 10th. If you look at historical prices for these two cards, the Pete Alonzo highest price I could find, $917 on September 29th, 2019, which is pretty high price, but considering how good he was and he hit 53 home runs and this was before the boom, the fact that we're not even close to that should give you pause on investing in guys like this because this was pre-boom prices. This wasn't boom prices. This was pre-boom. And it's only 917, and he's not anywhere close to that right now. Uh, not even half, or maybe just about half. And then Jordan Alvarez, $150 in pretty much the boom, the April boom last year. $150 might not hit that, but this is a third of the price at 55. And so if you are looking to invest, there is wiggle room here. There is wiggle room for some of these guys, but until other people change their minds, I just don't think we're even going to see $917 or $150 for these cards. And so if you're buying at $55, you're buying at $45, you might be buying at the top of the market for a while. And that brings me to what my final point. John Kenzie Noel or Nico Cavadas, guys from 2022 Bowman Chrome. There is money to be made on these guys as long as they play well in the minor leagues. But there is a very realistic ceiling on some of these guys. $55 for a Bowman Chrome auto of 
John Kenzie Noel on the 11th and $70 on the 11th. If you're spending that money, know that there is a cap on this market for a first baseman if you are a first base only. John Kenzie, ton of power, 70-grade raw power, bat, hit tools a little bit less. A mad prospect, decent but not spectacular to write home about or anything. It's interesting. You can probably do a lot more damage with your $55 buying Bowman Chrome non-auto color of interesting prospects than you would getting a first baseman like John Kenzie Noel. So keep that in mind when you are doing your investments. Sometimes there are better options out there, even if you really like a guy, even if he has a ton of power. You just have to look at Eloy, Jordan, and Pete Alonso to see why. What is up, everybody? It's Zach from App Premier Soccer Investing here with the Slap Sox FC 5 at 5 take of the week. Let's get into it. First, obviously, the huge news to come out of this week is Erling Holland to Manchester City is official. City is triggering his about 60 million euro release clause, and they're going to be paying him 375,000 a week. Uh, it's obviously a great deal for City. They don't even have to go out and break their wage structure to sign in Holland, and putting him into that team will be absolutely nightmarish for the rest of the Premier League and whoever's in the Champions League next year as well. And then also to come out of this week is that Kylian Mbappe, the other big piece to to fall in this summer's transfer market, is still undecided about where he will be going. But Real Madrid is still very confident that they will be the ones to get a signature, even though PSG has come with a new and improved proposal as, as stated by Fabrizio Romano. But let's get into it. Let's compare these two guys because these guys – really are the face of the soccer card market going forward and the face of the sport of soccer as a whole going forward. And they've been pretty relatively comparable to so far, especially when we look at two uh, very comparable cards in the 2019 and Holland's 2019 top scrum Bundesliga based PSA 10 and Kylian Mbappe's 2017 top scrum Champions League based PSA 10. The Holland card is obviously a bigger pop, as you can see, almost over 100 more PSA 10s. And it has a higher value, too, and a higher market cap. This is very interesting to me, as it is pretty widely considered, I would say, that Mbappe is the better all-around player of the two. And especially over the past year, where Holland was on a relatively non-competitive Dortmund team, and Mbappe had, had a potential to win the Champions League with PSG until their shock elimination against Real Madrid, that the chart especially would look the way it does. So you can see Holland's value and Mbappe's value both hit their peaks in the spring of 2021 when they were both on deep runs in the champions that year's Champions League. And now prices have fallen pretty dramatically since then. That is partly as a result of less team success and maybe not as good individual performances, but it's also due to uh, the market stabilizing. You have a lot of cards coming back from PSA, kind of flooding the market as there's a lot more scarcity at this point of the market where their values peak than where the market is today. But pretty consistently for the past year and a half or so, Holland has had a higher value than Mbappe almost the whole way through. And their charge shapes do mirror each other. So, But again, Holland's value is higher. Why is that? It's a little perplexing to me, to be honest, especially with What's going to come in the future? So Holland, as we know, plays for Norway. Norway will not be a part of this year's World Cup. And Mbappe plays for France. France is going to be one of the favorites in this year's World Cup. And that would, and Mbappe already has a World Cup win to his name. Additionally, Mbappe has played for a better team over the last couple of years than Holland. But I think that'll be changing now going forwards. 
You put Holland into that City team, it'll be very hard to pick against them, both to win the Premier League, which they will probably do this year, and their highly coveted Champions League, which they've been unable to get their hands around so far. But adding Holland into the team might be exactly what they need. So I can see the higher value being for Holland there if you're betting on Champions League success. But in the short term, I still feel that Mbappe's value should be higher and that there's a little bit of a discrepancy there that doesn't make too much sense. Even though Mbappe in that Real Madrid team, they should win the league. They should be one of the main challenges for the Champions League as they're in the final this year. But this trend is not just shown in their more base uh, market type cards, but this also comes in at the higher end of the spectrum. As you can see from the same cards, but the numbered out of 99. The Holland card, PSA 10, hit a high point of $43,200. Then Bape PSA 10 has hit a high point of $16,800. Yes, there's 12 more PSA 10s for them, Bape, but there are 15 less in the overall pop report. So, again, there's a discrepancy there. Less in Bape cards. In my opinion, he is the better player and he has the better national team situation, but a lesser value than Holland, who might score more goals. But uh, Mbappe is playing for Real Madrid, which is probably the biggest club in the world, if he does sign there. And he has the World Cup coming at the end of this year, and Holland will be sitting at home for that month. And what do Harlan cards do then when Mbappe cards should be going crazy if France does make a run, which they probably will, and that'll be as a result of him. Curious to see what you guys think, as always. What's up, everyone? It's Aaron back here for this week's 5 at 5 Formula 1 segment, starting off here with my predictions from last week's 5 at 5. I had Max Verstappen 1, Sergio Perez 2, and Carlos Sainz 3 getting onto the podium. Looking at the actual results of the race, I was quite close with having Verstappen and Sainz in the correct positions, 1 and 3. But I had Perez at 2, and Leclerc ended up getting 2. Would have been the safer pick, but I wanted to spice it up a little bit. You know how that goes. Uh, we ended the race with Perez 3, George Russell uh Sorry, Perez 4, George Russell 5 in a very impressive drive. Hamilton 6, Botas 7, Ocon is at 8th in an also impressive drive. Alonso at ninth in a drive that I think he shouldn't even gone top 10 with all those time penalties. That is crazy. Crash Gasly, whatever, I'm over it. And Albon at 10th for his second points finish of the season, which is very impressive considering he's running in either the slowest or one of the slowest cars this entire year in the Williams. As for the Miami Grand Prix vibes, of course they had to put football helmets on the uh, Max and, and Sainz and Leclerc on the podium. And I, they didn't really look comfortable in them because they took them off pretty quickly and I wouldn't be comfortable either considering how hot it was in driving for the last hour and a half. No way I'd want a football helmet on my head, but there is Max looking happy in it. And uh, as for some sales we're going to focus on, we're going to look at two drivers that had some sales after this weekend. So the first is George Russell. This is a Sapphire Variation Orange Out 25 PSA 8 rookie. Uh, so for 3630 on May 10th, impressive sale for sure. Uh, to get top five in all five races this season, the only driver to do so in F1 this year right now uh, is George Russell in a Mercedes car, which was expected to be championship quality. It's not, but to do it, without the championship quality car is super impressive. I mean, none of the other drivers have done that. Uh, and he is in not one of the top cars in the field. So good to see for him, all the people buying the hype last year. Before that, though, Charles Leclerc, his orange sapphire variation on 25 PSA 8. Car layer estimated value currently is at 4,851. Seems a little low considering that George just sold for 3,630. I'd imagine if this Leclerc does come up for sale, it would probably sell higher than 5K, I'd assume. Now, I may, I'm not always right. It might not be right here, but I got to expect that. Last sold for 2,150 December 19th, 2021. So whoever's got that uh, can make some big profit right now. 
But as for a George card that's not doing too well, you know, his SGC 10 purple rookie F399. Oh, some of the purples have increased in price, don't get me wrong. But this one sold for 1175 on May 8th. Someone went out of their way to you know submit an offer for 2000 on March 18th, which was right before the season began. Not everyone is aware that Mercedes might not be at the Ferrari or Red Bull uh, level at that point. Of course, after the first race, it's very clear that uh, Ferrari and Red Bull were leaps and bounds above them. And uh, this, uh, even though Hamilton got podium and Russell got 30, you know, without the two Red Bull DNFs, uh, they would not have gotten that close to the podium, obviously. But this card, all I'm saying is it has dropped since the start of the season. Uh, maybe something to look out for to maybe scoop up some of the ones that aren't as low of number if you don't have the budget to spend on, you know, four or $5,000 card. Maybe a good look. Uh, Valtteri Botas, the other driver, driver I want to talk about because he's an Alfa Romeo now after being Hamilton's teammate for the last number of years at Mercedes. And he is the lead driver now at Alfa Romeo, uh, paired with a rookie in Guan Yu Zhou. And Botas is proving to everyone he's an extremely quality driver. He qualified fifth this past weekend above, above both of the Mercedes. And at the race, he finished seventh, which was right behind him, but still a very quality result given he's in an Alfa Romeo car. Uh, great driver, 275 was a recent sale on the Variation variation Refractor PSA 9, which is a marginal increase of $25 since the April 24th sale. But there's not that much graded Botas and PSA because, uh, you know, his stuff isn't as expensive. So if you do want to scoop up some raw or whatever it might be, uh, might not be a bad idea. You know, we have one small Botas. It's a, or actually two, but they're they're Grand Prix cards from 2020 in Orange out of 25, SGC 9.5. Either way, you know, if you're on a budget, excellent driver, might be worth a look. As for all-time F1 podiums, Max just entered the top 10 already at 63. Botas is right above him at ninth at 67. So it really does show, you know, how good of a driver that Botas is and has been. He's in the top 10 all-time. Also just shows how crazy Verstappen is to be top 10 already looking ahead we've got spain 2022 coming up in barcelona uh very excited for this i love barcelona it's going to come up the weekend of may 21st 22nd um in that range can't wait to see who wins who does well who doesn't and i can't wait to be back with another five of five in the near future this sunday night 9 45 p.m eastern time we'll be back on youtube live for a flip quest episode number 17 here on the pwcc weekly auction every sunday we come and look at the market watch it buy some cards sell some cards give away some cards and this week for our two cards we're looking at there's four on the screen but i had to have four there to fit the two uh steph curry flawless patch out of 2016 absolutely nasty and then we have the john morant's in-flight orange pulser I think it's the first off the line exclusive number not 35 auto PSA 10. Uh, the Steph Curry right now is at 1850. The John Morant's at 1575. And these are two teams that are matched up in the playoffs right now. Uh, Nate, what about that blowout last night? Dude, this Warriors team, I had a buddy text me last night and he's like, you think the Suns come out of the West? And I said, nah, I think it's the Warriors. They're just, they're healthy. And I'm not going to bet against the healthy Steph, Clay, Draymond, and now Jordan Poole. And then they go put up a game like that where they lose by 40. <laughs> what makes you question it? it well, it the, does it does make you question it. If you can lose by 40 to this Grizzlies team without Jaw. Without Jaw, that's a real bad sign. Who some people say might be better based on the stats. <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw a uh a tweet yesterday or today, yesterday, today where it said only two teams in the history of the NBA have been in the finals with a 40-point loss on their record in the playoffs, and one of those teams had a 40-point loss in the finals. 
So really only one team has made it to the finals with a 40-point loss wow. at any point. Got you. Well, the interesting thing here is that they gave up 77 points in the first half, and I'm not really sure how that's going to bode for them against matchup nightmares, presumably with the uh, Suns, if they even do make out of the series. Who knows? Maybe the, the Grizzlies close it off. As for the John Rant Auto, quite the sales history in this. Uh, the 2019 Select Neon Orange Pulsar, it sold for $19,000 as a PSA 10 on May 5th, 2022. I mean, we're literally talking a week ago. That's right before Ja got hurt. January 12th, 2022, sold for 6600 Now, the other one was just a best offer sale, so you never really know. You know I, I mean, I'm assuming it's paid for and everything, but that's just such a big jump. I know Ja's markets went crazy in five months, especially the rare cards. We'll have to see what this does. You know, if the Grizzlies are eliminated by Sunday, uh, which is very possible they will be, um, I think actually we might know for sure by Sunday night because Game Seven is going to be on Sunday. I think if that if that happens, uh, we'll see what what happens. I think a lot of people have talked about Jaws market kind of being way too high compared to the rest of the basketball card market right now. Maybe it's in for a correction. As for the Curry Nate, you know what what are you picking here? I guess not necessarily for the next like two months, but you know for more long term outlook between John Curry. One's rookie, one's not. One's flawless, one's select. Well, I will say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little caveat here. The select in-flight autos of Ja and of Kobe are like my favorite on-card on-card autos I think I've ever seen. They're like, awesome. I don't, I don't know what it is about it, but I love it. Yeah, Especially like the neon, the neon green like 149s. Something about that card just pops. I, th- I think those are out of like 35, but but also 35, they're just out of the hobby boxes. But I agree with you. The in-flight autos are sick. When it doesn't have the neon pulse on it, this background here looks amazing. It's like up in the sky and like a sunset. Super cool. Uh, is, is, does that mean you're going to take the in-flight auto then? So that was my caveat because while I love the card, there's no way I'm choosing against Steph Curry. Oh, Look at those man. patches. On-card auto patches. Steph Curry. I know it's not a rookie, but it's number 25. It's a good grade for a flawless card. I can't choose against Steph Curry. No way. I can't either. It's got to be that one. We'll see what it ends out on Sunday. And now let's check out what we have selling. Because we do have a few cards selling this Sunday. Part of the FlipQuest 2022. So we've got a few ending, including a George Russell Sapphire Rookie S70. And keep in mind, the only reason why we are selling at least this card plus some of these other ones is because we did make the play to get the George Russell Dynasty. Uh, If you go and check out last Sunday's live, we'll talk about why we made a move to pick up a monster to try to grade rather than holding these right here. And then we've got, you know, Brett Favre, Shea, Sabrina Ionescu, uh, Walker Buehler, which he's been doing, I think, pretty well this year, Nate. I don't know about overall, but I know he had a big, complete game the other day or week or whatever. And then a Holland sticker. So we'll see what these things wind down for. Um, hopefully it makes up a good portion um, of that, uh, the the George Russell we picked up. And then we've got some other cards selling in the future auctions. But uh, be sure to come and check it out at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time this Sunday night. As for this 5 of 5 episode, that was the episode we hope you all enjoyed let us know your feedback on this one uh we're just trying to gather as much as we can to see if this is a good format going forward which we think it is but we want to make sure you think so too 